Welcome to the Westridge Church Young Adult Podcast, featuring Brad and April Chandler. So shall we start with a fun game of Bible trivia? Yeah. What? Let's do it. You want to I'm, wanna, I'm good start? at Bible trivia. I know you are. You're I actually like this game. very good at it. So would you like to ask the first question or you want me to ask you since you're so good at it? You can ask me. All right, here we go. You ready? Yes. How many books are in the New Testament? Oh, number things. I'm not good at that. <laughs> number things about the Bible. <laughs> okay, let me think. Oh. I think we need to have a time limit on this. Cheater. <laughs> I mean, I should probably just know this, but... I don't know. I don't know. It's going to take me too long to count. Okay, final answer? Yeah. 27. <clears throat> that doesn't even sound familiar to me. Well, <laughs> I told you I was going to ask you the hard ones. Okay, your turn? Yep. There were two men in the Bible who never actually died, mm. mm-hmm. but were taken up into heaven Yes, by God. Who were those two men? Moses and Elijah. You got one, right? No, it wasn't Moses. No, he did die. Oh, they buried him. I remember. Uh, <laughs> God buried him. Elijah and... Don't say it. Um... Don't so. you say it. <laughs> I know it. I was just going to mention a time limit. Give me a hint. It starts with an E. I think you need to give up. Fine. It's Enoch. Enoch! You <laughs> Enoch. Ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Who were the first two apostles called to follow Jesus? Um, James and John? No. Peter and Andrew. Oh. Maybe I'm not so good at Bible trivia. Thus far, you're <laughs> 0 for 2. <laughs> okay. David was crazy about Saul's daughter, Michal. And Saul, he was the king of Israel right. at the time. Yes. He told David that he wouldn't give him his daughter in marriage unless he did this thing for him. Do you remember what it was? He had to collect something from um, the opposing Philistine army. He had to collect Goliath's head. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's when David was little. I know. I don't know. He had to collect 100 foreskins <laughs> from the other army. Saul was a classy guy. <laughs> that is disgusting. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Paul was shipwrecked on what island? Patmos. No. Dang it! <laughs> Malta. Oh, man. I yeah. just said the first name that came into my head. <laughs> Neither one of us are good at this. Okay, maybe this one will be easy. Do it. Um, in Second Kings 42, there yep. were some youth... Who were mauled to death by two female bears after mocking the prophet Elisha? Yes. What were they teasing Elisha about? Oh man. <laughs> I remember the story. I don't remember that part of the story. Um, they were teasing him about... I don't remember the specific thing. Like, was it what he was saying from God? Like no. The, was it something physical? Like, about yeah. his physical appearance? Yeah. 
I think what they said was, go up, thou bald head. <laughs> his bald head. <laughs> yes, his baldness. Oh, my gosh. What a weird story. I did not remember that. All right, so yours is, what is the shortest book in the New Testament? <clears throat> I think I just read this book the other day. What is it? But I don't know. What is it? Jude? Is it Jude? <laughs> It is not Jude. Dang it. Second John. Oh, okay. I think you'll get this one. <laughs> Good, because I'm starting to get a little <laughs> discouraged. Me too. <laughs> okay, the book of Daniel tells us the story of King Belshazzar, who, uh -huh. while hosting a great feast for a thousand nobles, saw something that really freaked him out. What did King Belshazzar see? Oh, he saw writing on the wall. Mm, that's not all of it. It wasn't just writing on the wall. What do you mean? It wasn't just writing on the wall. It was... Writing on the wall is not very, like, freaky. You want me to tell you? Sure. <laughs> um, it was fingers material materializing out of thin air that were writing oh, words on the wall. okay. How it was written on the wall. Okay, <clears throat> I yeah. got you. Okay, yours is... Okay, I'm going to give you a softball, okay? <laughs> okay. We need a softball here. What does Simon Peter do for a living before he became an apostle? He was a fisherman. There we go. We got an answer right. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Wow. <laughs> we suck at this. <clears throat> okay, so. Do you, you think you would have been able to answer most of your questions to me? Of course I would. Did, do you know how many books are in the New Testament? I know how many books are in everything, including the New are Testament. Are you going to answer me for real? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, that, I think that I would have gotten right. I would have gotten right. Most of the ones I would ask you I would have got right because I had the answers right in front of me. But <laughs> the... <laughs> That's not really what I meant. I only got, I don't think I got any of yours right. I got partial right on, yeah. on a few of them, but I didn't get all right. I asked you questions that I felt like I could answer. And I think you asked me questions you thought I could, or you could answer. Is, that's what I'm trying to figure out. If you asked me questions, you could answer. We basically look like a bunch of fools. I know. <laughs> Which is a great segue in talking about the Bible. So... Because we're such experts. We know so much about it. We thought, like, <laughs> hey, let's talk about it more. But we've, in all the podcasts leading up to now, all eight of them, we always talk about God, which we always will, because that's the biggest purpose of this podcast. That's why we're here. And, on yes, on the earth and in the podcast. So, we also mention verses, like, there's things that we throw out there when we're talking about God, and we talk about specifically a relationship with God. But what we haven't really talked about is what that relationship looks like, like how to really have it. So the idea is this podcast and the next podcast, we're going to just focus in on that relationship and having conversation with God. And in any conversation, there's, there's two elements. There's talking and there's listening. It's, it's a two-way communication. So today we thought we'd focus in on the listening part on in our relationship with God, us listening to what God has to say. And the biggest way God speaks to us is through the Bible. So that is why we started with some Bible trivia and both mm -hmm. failed miserably. 
and what the topic will be for our conversation today. So, babe, when you think of the Bible, what are just some things you think when you think of the Bible? I think of when I grew up just trying to read a chapter a day. I was pretty good at it because I was homeschooled, so I didn't have a lot of distractions in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think about that, like kind of the legalism of reading a chapter a day mm-hmm. and feeling guilty if I didn't. So I heard mostly negative things right there. <laughs> you is that Is that accurate? <laughs> I mean, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do feel a lot of guilt around reading the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I bet a lot of people do. I mean, it's easy to turn reading the Bible into a chore, mm-hmm. homework, you must do this type thing. Yeah. Which is why I think it's a big deal to talk about. Like, because mm-hmm. if, we, if we've had it associated with negative things, odds are we're not going to read it. Or if we read it, we're reading it from a motivation that isn't really what God intended in the first place. I don't think any of us want to have a relationship with anyone and hear from somebody and we're feeling guilty the whole time. Or yeah. we feel like we have to sit down and listen to this person. Yeah. Um, like that's not a healthy relationship. And if any relationship should be healthy in our life, it should be our one with God. And if the Bible is the main way he talks to us, then we got to figure out how to hear from him without all those things that you just said. Like, mm-hmm. And it's not to say that the fact that you read Proverbs every day was a bad thing. But if you did it because you were worried you were going to get in trouble or, you know, you just had to do it for whatever reason other than just hearing from God, then it's not really. Yeah. You're referring to when my parents told me to read a chapter from Proverbs a day because there's 30 chapters, I think. There are 31. 31. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every month you could go through Proverbs. Proverbs. if you read a chapter a day yeah so I used to do I did that for years and I was telling Brad earlier that I now now if I would never ever want to do that again I think it's a good idea for people but I just have this legalistic thing in my head of like I was forced to do that Mm -hmm. and because I wanted to obey God who said obey your parents I was like I have to listen to this and I don't even think they necessarily meant it in that way of like, mm. read it or else every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. But I took it that way and I felt chained to it. So now I don't ever want to do it that way. I, I still love the book of Proverbs. I think it's awesome. And I probably learned a lot from reading it so many times. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to do it in that way again. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny about that is I do that. Like, I read Proverbs a day. <laughs> but you chose to. Right. It was never forced on me, so it's a totally different yeah. way of thinking about it. Yeah. But it would also make sense for even a parent or a youth pastor or somebody like that to to try to get you or anyone else to, mm-hmm. to read it like that. Yeah. Like, a, I could see a parent with good motivations, like, with the right reasoning as far as why they're wanting their kid to read the Bible. Yeah. I could see why they would want to force them to read it. I don't think it's a good method. I don't think you should force that because of the reasons that you struggle now with wanting to read Proverbs. (laughs) Um, But if we really believe the word of God 
the Bible is the words of God, like him speaking. Mm-hmm. And him speaking is something that brings life to us, then it would make it would be like a good thing for a parent to want their kid to read, right? I mean, that's not bad. That's yeah, good. Yeah. But when it starts to be you must do this or you'll be punished type of situation, then it, it takes the relationship out of what That's what I was is thinking. going on. Yeah. And the it is different. Like the Bible is different than any other book because it isn't just words on a page. It's not just an author's perspective and a story being told. Like this is this is God putting words onto a page through multiple different authors over hundreds of different years and it all cohesively working together and not contradicting itself and painting this big picture for us of who God is and what he's done in creating the world and creating us and how we fit into his story and how in the midst of learning who he is and finding him we find life and like that's all wrapped up in the Bible and why we would want to read it and when we do, we hear these things from him and that side of this relationship, the hearing from him part is such a big deal, like for us to find answers in life. Mm -hmm. And so when we struggle and when we're like questioning the big things, like why do, why do I exist? Like what is love? Where am I supposed to go with my life? Like what am I supposed to do with my life? That kind of stuff. God speaks to all that. I mean, he, he has answers there. Um, and and he speaks to those big things like that, but he also speaks to the small things that happen in life. And so to read the Bible is not just to read any other book. And, and this, this struggle for some people can be an intellectual one. I've heard some students like tell me, whether it's a student or a young adult or, or somebody, but they've, they've had a hard time knowing if they can trust the Bible. There are moments where it seems as though the Bible contradicts itself. And just a second ago, I said it doesn't contradict itself. So how does that make sense? If it seems like it does, but then yet yeah, you're saying it doesn't. Well, there's like even in conversations we have with ourselves or with each other, there's moments if you just took little snippets of our conversation that could sound like we're contradicting ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if you take the whole conversation <clears throat> and look at it, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with the Bible. Like if you take little a little snippet from the New Testament and a little snippet from the Old Testament and you look at them, it might seem as though those statements contradict themselves, either about who God is or just about some subject. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the full context of those verses and those statements, you get a bigger picture of what's going on and this the statements don't actually contradict themselves. What's being said is not a contradictory statement. Mm-hmm. It might be something that adds to what one of the other one is saying um, or expounds upon something about who God is, but they don't contradict themselves uh, when you understand and read the Bible in its totality. I was listening to somebody talk about something the other day, mm-hmm. and they were saying how a lot of times you can have two conflicting statements that can both be true. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, yeah. Again, I think it's based on context, on if that can be the, like... They weren't ba- talking about the Bible, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, there's, you can make a statement like, two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no context in which that's going to change. Mm-hmm. That will always be the case. Like, you can't say two plus two equals four, but then in another breath say, but 
two plus two also, also equals six. Yeah. Like, that's like, no, no, no. That, that contradicts itself. That doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would agree that something could be true or something could be said in one place and then said in another place and it, it means something different. Or it, it... It can be true in both instances. Right. It can be two different things being said, but yet they're both true even though they seem counter to yeah. each other. Again, I think the context is the big thing. Yeah. The person who was talking about this was, he was saying that it's kind of a sign of maturity when you come to the realization that things can, they're not just black and white, Mm -hmm. but that they can, and we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. like there are things that are black and white for sure, but there are also some things that are gray. Yeah. So it's like if, (sighs) okay, so I'll just use like kind of a real life example. Like, me and my best friend in my 20s, we would get together, like, once a week, and we would just talk about life, we would talk about God, we would talk about the Bible, we would talk about everything. And if one of us was being stupid, like, doing something dumb that was going to either hurt us or hurt somebody else, or just was contrary to what God has made us for, the other one would call the other one out. Like, it would be either him calling me out or I'd call him out. And we could just say, hey, that's, you're being stupid. Like, that's, you're being dumb. <laughs> yeah. If I was to say that to somebody that I don't know very well and don't have a good relationship with, mm-hmm. it would be taken totally differently. So in that first conversation with me and my best friend, me saying, hey, you're being stupid, or him saying it to me, is actually taken well. Like, it's taken like, oh, you love me. Thank you yeah. for saying that. You're, like, that's a good thing. You want to help. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that. You say that to a stranger. You say, hey, you're being dumb. You're being stupid to them randomly in a store. That's going to be taken only negatively, yeah. and that's going to be a bad thing. Uh-huh. So you're saying the same thing to somebody, but one is good and one is bad. Yeah. And it's all about context. They would be like, you don't know me, and you don't know yeah. them, so how, do you, how can you say that? How can you speak into their life? Yeah. So there was all kinds of parameters and things that set up what was said to be either true and good or to be false and bad. Mm-hmm. It was just all about, did it meet up to all the criteria, the relationship specifically? Did it meet up to the criteria of it making it right or making it wrong? And that's not stuff that you always see in that one verse. Like, you have to read the whole chapter. You have to read the whole book to totally understand what's going on in that instance when it comes to the Bible. Yeah. So, like, you talking to your friend. Yeah. When he says something hard to you, mm-hmm. you know... Who he is and his nature, his personality, where it's coming from. Right. So you can trust the words that he says. Yes. Which is the same with the Bible. If we know God's overall nature, like we, it helps us mm-hmm. when we're reading the Bible mm-hmm. to trust it and to know. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is you learn more about God's character the more you read the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard to know about who God is without reading the Bible. I mean, it, it's it's based off of just feelings and what people say to you if you're not reading the Bible. And the things you feel and the things you hear from other people aren't always trustworthy. Like, you can't always trust every, all those things. Yeah. Whereas, if everything in the Bible is written by God, and God by nature is truthful, like He is truth, because if He lies, He's now not perfect. And if He's not perfect, then He's not God. So, everything in the Bible has to be true. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then that means you can trust every single word in it. Mm-hmm. So the only place we can go to <laughs> to really understand who he is the most accurately is going to be 
from the Bible. For one, because he spoke it, like he wrote it. So it makes sense that the place we're going to learn the most about God would be from God, the thing that he wrote. Um, but also because it's there's no error in it. Like there's no there's no lies. There's no falseness about it. Yeah. I mean, with all that said, there's there is like some historical stuff just to like for any, if there's any of you listening to this that might maybe have struggled with what we talked about a second ago and trusting the Bible, like trusting this is something. Why would I even want to read this thing in the first place? Whether it's you've never really gotten into it and read it, or maybe you grew up in church and maybe like April, like you were forced to read it and now you almost resent it a little bit. And you've even questioned like why someone made you read it or why you would want to read it voluntarily. There's there's different like benchmarks and, and things to historical documents and things to verify if this is a legit document, things, you know, something you can read and trust. And typically it's based off of the date in which the original, whether it's a manuscript or, or book or parchment or whatever it is, the date in which it was written compared to when the stuff happened, how many copies of it there are. And between those two things, you can start to figure out how accurate this thing is. So the second most uh, accurate historical document that we have is a story, and it's Homer's Odyssey, and there's so many copies of it. And everyone, I mean, this it's part of curriculum in schools to read Homer's Odyssey. Like, no one questions the authenticity of the story or the book, and, um, and it's just part of, of our, our culture now. The Bible has by far the most copies and more copies written around the time of the actual events that we're talking about. And specifically with the Bible, it's copies that were from right after the church started uh, in around 70 AD. You, you find all these copies. And more, way more copies than any other document or book from the past. So if there's ever a wonder of, you know, has this been manipulated and changed, you know, over the past few hundred years, the, we can trust that it hasn't just because of the sheer volume and the number of manuscripts and, and old uh, scrolls that have been found that were written in the original languages um, from the New Testament and the Old Testament and the accuracy with all those copies like matching up and um, all the historical things that uh, historians look at to see if a document's something you can trust or not, the Bible has got it by far more than any other document does. So that's just some uh, historical nerdy info for any of you who want that. And there's a podcast that I was listening to this morning. It's called My Strange Bible. And weren't you saying the guy who did that podcast? What did what is? Yeah, this he's uh, also part of the Bible Project, which is a a website that well, it's not just a website, but it's it's also a YouTube channel. But it's all free Bible resources with YouTube videos. I don't know if any of you are are a fan of watching short five minute videos over reading, you know, thirty minutes to an hour of historical stuff to help you understand a book, but. Me. That would be me too. So, I mean, the videos are really well done and they're really informative and it's uh, it's really a cool resource. So, it's, I believe the website is thebibleproject.com. Pretty simple. Okay. We'll, we'll put it in the description on the podcast. But And the podcast 
that I was talking about is by Tim Mackey, and it's called Exploring My Strange Bible. So if you, there's like, there's a ton of episodes on there, and the one I was just listening to is called Science and Faith, and this guy's like really smart. So if you're, if you're more into researching all of that and finding out more, I think that's a good place to start too. Well, the verse that I always think of when I think of the Bible is 2 Timothy 3.16, and it says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So if we're trying to have a relationship with God, we're trying to follow Jesus, we're trying to, to honor Him with our life, we're trying to experience this life that we're meant to have, like this abundant life that Jesus offers us, the Bible is a huge part of that, like being able to understand what that looks like. Like we talked about a second ago, understanding who, more of who God is and understanding how to follow Jesus and who Jesus is. And it's really interesting to me that in First John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So in the beginning was the Word, is the what that very first part of John 1 says. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So through him all things were made. Eventually, John, chapter 1 of John, it's saying this Word became flesh, and that flesh that it's, it's talking about is Jesus. So Jesus is the embodiment of the Bible. So as he's living his life and teaching and performing miracles and doing all the things he does in the New Testament, it's the Bible coming to life. And so us being able to follow him is directly tied to us experiencing life. And that life is directly tied to the words that God speaks and the things he says. So when we read the Bible, there really is this opportunity for us to be continually experiencing more and more of of this life that God made us for and experiencing more and more of who Jesus is and how to follow him. So it, it makes even more sense when you look at Second Timothy and it talking about it being God-breathed because in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, God breathed life into Adam and Eve. And that same breath of life is something that we receive, not only physical life, but we get this spiritual life from the Holy Spirit that we get when we receive Jesus, but also in the the reading of the Bible and being able to take that in and start to live that out. And we're able to live it out because of the Holy Spirit, but we know what to live out because we're actually reading it. And so that's why it's such a huge part of this relationship with God is it's us taking in and learning more of what this breath of life is and how we can live it out and how we can experience it every day. Okay, so what are some different techniques for studying the Bible or reading the Bible every day? What are some What are some things that you have learned over the years? Like obviously we mentioned you could read a proverb a day. Have you ever heard of reading a proverb a day? Yeah. Cuz I heard there's 31 chapters. And then there's something called soap. There is. And it stands for what? Scripture, observation, <laughs> application, and prayer. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different methods and ways or hacks, if you will, uh -huh. to reading the Bible. And 
And everybody's different. So like the proverb a day thing doesn't work for you anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you got to find different ways to do it. Not because you have to, but because you, you get to and you want to. Yeah. And even when you don't really want to, you want to. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, because... The same reason you want to eat healthy or right. brush your teeth in the morning. Yeah. There's like an element of discipline to it, which almost sounds like weird and wrong to say, but it's true. Like... Well, in any relationship, you have to make an effort to spend time with somebody and have conversations with somebody and, and get to know who they really are. Yeah. So. The longer then, you go without talking to someone, the less connected you are to them. Yeah. Right? So, like, my mom, who I don't see, which is very similar to God, I don't physically see him, I have to make an effort to call her maybe once a week or whatever to keep up that relationship. And I think it's the same with God. We have to make an effort to do that. Yeah. And once in a while we have to change up that effort because it's not really working for us. Yeah. And in an effort to change things up, that's when you can try different different methods to studying the Bible and understanding it. So one thing that has been helpful to me um, and that I know can be helpful to, to others is the translation of the Bible that you're reading. So sometimes you'll read let's just say, the King James Version of the Bible. And the these and the thous and, and the words like that that get used just because of the time in which the Bible was translated, they just don't translate well to now because we don't talk like that. So it, it breaks up kind of how it flows and the way you read it. It makes it hard, harder to understand. It's not like you can't understand it, but it might be a, a hang-up for you. So there might be a different translation that flows more in line with the way you think and the way you talk. So the ESV version is a, a popular version right now, which is the English Standard Version. Um, the NIV version is the one that I grew up with, the New International Version. Um, the New Living Translation, the NLT, is is another version that I know is is really easy to read. There's the Message Bible, which is not a direct translation. It's a paraphrased version of the Bible, but it can sometimes help when you're trying to study. And so there's a lot of different ways to understand more of the Bible. And there's also listening to it. Like you don't have to physically be the one reading it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of people utilize their time in the car, like, cause they have a long commute or they have a long drive to school or whatever it is. Like you could take that 20, 30 minutes, however long you're in the car and listen to several chapters of whatever book you're wanting to read in the Old Testament or the New Testament or whatever it might be. I mean, there's even versions of audio Bible where it's like famous actors reading it and it's even entertaining to a degree. I mean, there's <laughs> there's all kinds of ways you can do it because, I mean, the point is to be able to take in and hear what God has to say. So there's multiple ways you can do that. And there's so many more ways than there ever were before with things like the Bible app, which I totally recommend. It's on your phone, your tablet, your computer. You can pick out Bible reading plans, which is a, another thing that you could try where you read a certain thing for a certain number of days. And sometimes it's based off of a topic. Like, I want to learn more about love, or I want to learn more about grace, or a topic like that. Or it could be studying the life of a particular character in the Bible. I want to learn more about Paul from the New Testament, or I want to learn about Moses's life from the Old Testament. And 
any of those things can be a great tool and something that, that change up how you're taking in the Bible, but the, the thing is the same and that God is speaking to you as you're taking those things in. I know we've we've poked fun at the proverb a day thing, but that is a super easy thing to do because every day in the month is represented in the book of Proverbs. So if it's the 28th day of that month, you read Proverbs 28. If it's the second day of that month, you read Proverbs 2. And the Proverbs being a book of wisdom in the Bible is why a lot of times that's a recommended plan and an easy way to just kind of get in the habit of reading the Bible. So there's things like that you can try. There's journaling out things. The SOAP method we mentioned a minute ago really helps with kind of just being really practical with what you're reading. So writing out the scripture uh, that you read, then the just kind of easy direct observations that you get from it, and then writing out how that can apply to your life and then what you're praying from it. So that can be as long or as short as you want it to be. That could be like one verse that you do that with, or that could be a whole chapter that you do that with. It's just up to you and how you feel like you learn and take in the best. There's another resource um, that you can get on your phone. I really love it. It's called She Reads Truth, and then there's also He Reads Truth, and there's a bunch of different reading plans, um, different topics. Some of them are free. Some of them you can pay for, and... um, they're just really good quality. They have really good like graphics and art and stuff. So I like, I appreciate that. <laughs> They're inspiring. <laughs> they are inspiring. And then uh, beyond that, I mean, it's really just finding what works for you. I mean, you could look at every single tool and every single translation and every single Bible reading plan and all those things that you want. But the thing I would encourage you to start with is just making sure that you understand the why behind it, like why you'd want to do it. And that this is a relationship that you are wanting to grow in and cultivate and have be at the center of your life. I mean, knowing God and following him and understanding more of who he is and who you made, who he made you to be and what he's calling you to is going to affect all of us for the rest of our life. And it's the thing that you're never going to stop learning about and growing in. Like, we never get to the bottom of who God is. You never stop learning those things. You never stop learning more of how you can follow Jesus more. You never stop learning how you can continue to experience life. Like, that just continues to be a process that we're all in. And it's a fun one, like, if you let it be. And the main way we find out those things is through actually hearing from God and Again, the main way he speaks to us is through the Bible. So I went to the Grove this month. They have it once a month at Passion City Church in Atlanta. And Shelly Giglio is the one that leads it. And she was talking about a couple things that she does to help her remember to get in the Word every day. And one of her tips that works for her is before she goes to bed every night, she closes every app on her phone except for her Bible app. And so when she wakes up, and as most of us do, we just, you know, flip, we don't flip open our phones anymore, but we, we pull out our You're phones. You're so old. We pull out our phones and we look at it at the screen. And if you have your Bible app already open, you're just right there ready to read it. 
And um, another thing that she says that she does with a couple friends, which I thought was really cool, was the soap thing that we were just talking about. She has like three or four friends that they all do that every morning and then they, they'll send each other a text of, of what they read and what they learned from it. And so even if you don't get a chance to get into the Bible that day, your friends are putting it in your face um, for you to be reminded and, and be encouraged by something that they heard from God that day. And um, I think I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah. One thing I, I didn't mention earlier is there's just some cool uh, cool studies of looking at like word-by-word word things. So if you wanted to understand more of what love is, like going through and really looking at where love shows up in the Bible and all these different places and all these different contexts to give you more of an understanding of what it actually is, which is really interesting, especially when you read in First John that God is love, which we've talked about before in this podcast. That's a really interesting study to to do because it's not only helping you understand more about what love is, but it's also helping you understand more of who God is. So those are some of our thoughts on the Bible and some things that hopefully will help you, like some tools, some ideas, some thoughts. But the main core idea is just that it's one half of this conversation that we get a chance to have with God as we have a relationship with him. And so the next podcast, we'll be talking about prayer and what it looks like for us to talk to the creator of everything, the creator of the universe, and the one who loves us more than anyone ever could, and what that can look like, some things that have worked for us, some struggles we've had with it, and hopefully it's going to be encouraging and helpful to you as you continue to grow in your own relationship with God. Yeah? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, want to call it a wrap? Let's call call, let's it, a call wrap. it a wrap. It's lunchtime. Is that really how you say it? Let's call it a wrap? Well, I don't think we... No. I think okay. you say that's a wrap. Okay. That's why I was I was taking it that direction. I was yeah. teasing you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. So you want to just say bye? Okay. Okay. Have a great week. Bye. That does it for this week's podcast. For more information about Westridge Church and our young adult ministry, please go to westridge.com slash YA.